Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Kav, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. And you can join me every Wednesday live on the web at Nikki Radio and ikyradio.ca for a parenting segment at 12.30pm and from 9pm to midnight Pacific Standard Time. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hello, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom of two. And just before we get going, I wanted to share with you all about our sponsor, Leapfrog Gymnastics, which is here in Coquitlam. And Hudson and Alex have been having just an amazing time there. The boys go through lots of fun circuits that are made up of specialized mats and equipment. And they work at, of course, lots of important skills, such as body and spatial awareness, strength and balance, and, of course, those great social skills, listening skills. And, of course, as a sponsor, Leapfrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off their first month of classes. That's for new members only with the promotion code PARENTTALK. So for more information on their programming and birthday parties, you can visit leapfroggym.com and we really hope to see you there. Thank you, Heather. Today we are talking about Say Sorry, how four stories do more harm than good. We are very lucky to have with us Dr. Deborah McManara. She is a clinical counselor and developmentalist on faculty at Newfelt Institute and director of Kids Best Bet, a counseling center for families, author of Rest Play Grow, Making Sense of Preschooler, or anyone that acts like one. I love that book. <laughs> I recommend it to everybody. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And her new book, The Sorry Plane, that she just launched, and I have right in front of me here. The Sorry Plane is a children's picture book illustrated by Zoe C. And is about respecting the feelings of children and supporting their emotional development. So hi, Deborah, and welcome to Parent Talk Podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me, ladies. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Exactly. <laughs> So Deborah, my first question for you. <laughs> What should we do instead of making our child say sorry? Uh, well, there's many things we can do. I think to focus on why we'd want to do something different uh, is to understand that there's a difference between truly feeling sorry and feeling remorseful, which is about caring about what you've done and being told to do something because you might get into trouble. They're two different things. And so when you think about what do we want for our children uh, in the long run, I, I want my kids, you know, I have two kids, two teenagers, and I want them to do the right thing when nobody's watching them or when no one's rewarding them or praising them. You know, I want them to be emotionally mature and socially responsible. So the question is, is how do we get there? And we have to get there with a lot of caring feelings because when you're full of caring feelings, you do the right thing usually. Uh, so forcing a child to say sorry to avoid getting in trouble is not really about caring and altruism. So first we've got to recognize that that won't get us somewhere. What we can do is we could suggest to the child that a sorry is needed, right? You know, hands aren't for hitting. Um, sisters aren't for throwing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, the obvious kind of things, uh, just to signal to them that, you know, what they've done is not okay. 
and especially if it's a young child to suggest, you know, do you have any sorries in you? Do you have any sorries in you? Which alerts the child to a sense of caring inside of them about what they have done, uh, you know, is not being okay. And that when we make mistakes, uh, we usually try to find our caring to deliver some remedy to that, uh, that, uh, that hurt that we've caused. And so we're really just trying to orient our children, especially young children, to the caring feelings that should then deliver words. You know, if you've ever had anyone give you, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. You know, you're yes. like, you're like, ugh. And it's so disengaging, <laughs> especially when you're not even done talking, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not genuine and nor does it, it solve any remedy. Uh, you know, and, it, and it, it it divorces children from caring. You can give a caring performance and not have any caring in you. Why would we want that for our children? There's, there's lots of people out there who give performances as if they care. Words are cheap. There's no integrity. There's no authenticity. But good development doesn't look like that. So we've got to anchor children's words into their meaning. It can't be just, you know, manners without the meaning behind them. So it's about teaching them the right words or, or to use the right words and keep teaching them what words means and by doing it yourself well yes the question is is how will we get there if we assumed that children naturally come with the instincts and emotions to care that our children actually really are caring um, and that it, to unlock the caring in them they really just basically need to be cared for You see, I watched it the other day on social media. You're always seeing these little clips of, you know, people when they get, uh, when they have a new child, when they have, a, they bring home a baby and they're introducing the sibling to the baby. And you have these adorable little stories and videos. I think everybody's probably got, hopefully, at least one of these, if you've got more than one child, of, of the child saying, oh, you know, holding them. And you just look at that two or three-year-old holding their sibling and they're tender and they talk to them and they touch them. And they're, I'm your big brother. And yeah, you know, and, and they have all these nice little stories they tell. I'm like, you don't have to teach a two-year-old to care. It's already there. If they are cared for, they are incredibly caring. And so we just want their words to match the emotion. But when you force them to say words that don't have real meaning for them, then you're interfering with emotional development in a child. So what are we teaching them then? You're teaching them this is how you get away with things and have no meaning behind them. Mm -hmm. How can we get our kids to be more caring then? Ah, that's the question. Now see, see how when you start asking a different question, it leads you to a different place. Ah, if this is about caring then, mm -hmm. then how do we as adults, you know, cultivate a caring spirit in our child? Well, if you know that you are the answer to a caring spirit in the sense that your attachment, your relationship with your child, when you have a strong relationship with a child, it opens up that child's instincts to attach to you. And attachment is about caring. So when you feel cared for, you then have the instincts and emotions to care back. So how do we have more caring kids? We take care of their heart. We take care of their heart through building strong relationships. And we preserve it. We don't praise caring. We don't need to reward it. We should provide lots of opportunity for play. 
So caring can naturally be expressed in play where it, it does have incredible development in play. They care for many things in play. It's the place they're supposed to care for things from their trains to their dolls to, you know, making a kitchen to caring for bugs on the sidewalk. Kids will care about just about anything. Their favorite shirt, their favorite pants they don't want to take off. Oh my gosh, there is no shortage of things they care about. And in play, <laughs> that's where it comes out. So give them lots of opportunity uh, to attach to things and people and you'll have a caring child and not get in the way of of that caring and forcing a, um, a false performance. And, and there's more I could say about, uh, you know, keeping their heart soft. And that has to do with, you know, not using their emotions against them, like, you know, hurting uh, them, you know, wounding them with uh, our discipline, uh, with separation, that's too much to bear, uh, by being patient with them, even though they're frustrated there's lots of things that we can do that can interfere with a child's soft heart and wound them which of course would prevent them from developing those beautiful caring feelings mm-hmm. uh, deborah as gordon newfeld says a child must not work for a love but rest in it what's that mean and in the world of being sorry and say sorry because to me it talks to me when we talk about be- saying sorry and feeling the stories you know mm-hmm Our biggest task as a parent is to bring a child to rest in our care. And that's not just about relationship. Relationship is the vehicle for uh, allowing a child to emotionally rest, meaning they can take it for granted uh, that they are in safekeeping with us, that they can depend upon us, that uh, we won't uh, hurt them or wound them because of that dependency. I mean, you have a lot of power when someone is dependent upon you, that we use our power accordingly in their best service, you know, in the best uh, way we can to preserve their soft hearts, to find a way to say no when we need to, to invite tears and emotional expression without repercussions to our relationship. To bring a child to rest is to understand that the greatest gift we can give a child is the freedom to not have to look for love. All right, so sometimes it seems that our little one just doesn't seem to care. So what can we do in that situation? Is your little one under the age of five or six? Probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that was the answer I wanted. <laughs> oh, young children. Oh, they are just such a little miracle. Um, so here's the thing about young children. They only have one emotion at a time. So whatever emotion you see coming out of them, that's where they're at. So sometimes they're really frustrated and there's no other emotion but frustration. Sometimes they're really scared and that's all you see. Sometimes they're really upset. Sometimes they're full of joy and they can flip through those emotions, you know, one right after the other quite quickly. And so when we look at our little child and as the, you know the story in the sorry plane is actually the story of me and my kids and I said to my children you know does anyone have any stories in them and one of them said I do and the other one said I don't and uh, you know the story unfolds about well what do we do the child you know she, my three-year-old didn't have any stories in her because she was still full of frustration so I had to get her caring back and I knew I couldn't get her caring back by forcing caring so I Uh, gave it some time. Uh, it wasn't a time out. It was just time to play, uh, time to just do some things where it didn't involve uh, being with each other. And true to form, young children, you know, 
their moods change. They get involved in something else. And one minute is this. Exactly. Five minutes later. That's right. It's that. And her caring came back. And I remember her coming back to me five minutes later. And I said, when you have some sorries in you, um, you know, come back and give one. And she says, mom, my sorries aren't coming back, mom. And we chased all over the house after them, you know, under the bed, out the window. And I finally said, well, where, where did they go out the window? And she said, they're on the sorry plane going to France. Going, going to Paris, to actually. Paris. Going to Paris. <laughs> Paris. Yeah. Fancy. Fancy. So is it where the title comes That's from? where the title oh came from. God. It's from my four-year-old. She didn't oh. want to say sorry. She kept telling us that the, all the sorries are on the sorry plane. She had no caring. They're all gone. And so I said, they'll come back. She says, no, they won't. And said, well, well, we'll see. And, you know, when I read back the book now and I think about this question, I had, I, I do had, I do. I still have, and I did have so much faith that children have caring in them. And I think that's that was a nice surprise to remind myself and see reflected in this book is that the caring can seem to go missing, but it's not really gone for good. It's just usually another emotion is bigger. And so if you can bide your time, if you can hold on to your relationship, if you can move that child into play, if you can do something that doesn't interfere with the emotional system by creating more emotions like frustration or whatever, then usually their caring comes back. If you've done your job well and your child feels cared for, that caring is there. So sometimes we have to have a little bit of faith. And as you see in the sorry plane, the sorries did come back when they did. She didn't say I'm sorry to her sister, actually. She said it in her three-year-old form. And she said, she came to me and she said, Mama, I gave my sister a, a peppermint and a hug because peppermints are golden, you know, when you're three. And uh, I gave my sister a peppermint and a hug, and I said to her, your sorries came back, uh, Madeline. She said, no, mommy, just one. The rest are on the sorry plane. Uh, and she just had this integrity around her, like, I will be the, I will author my own sorries. I will author my own caring. And that is what integrity is. So caring is there. Have patience. Preschoolers only have one emotion at a time. Just, you know, they will change their emotions frequently. And so when the caring comes back, cue them up. This is a good time to give a sorry. You know, I know your hands had hits. I know, you know, you didn't want to, you know, do that to your sister or your brother, but this is a time to give her, give her sorries. So, you know, away you go. So I'm guessing it's not a good idea to take this personally. And I, and sometimes <laughs> it's hard, right? <laughs> As a parent, you should take nothing personally when you have a preschooler. Do you have any tip for us if we're hurt by our preschoolers? Like emotionally, it's so hard. We just need to get over that, right? <laughs> I don't know. You know, like I've got teenagers now. So I just, I look back on the preschooler years like, oh my gosh, what do they do that hurts so much? I mean, they're just impulsive. They're inconsiderate. They lack all emotional. They don't have emotional control. They say whatever comes first into their heads. Like, you know, if, if, if adults, we don't have this, I mean, we're a disaster in, in meetings. We're a disaster in civil society because you just say what's on top of your head. You're like, it doesn't work. Uh, we have those thoughts that we keep on the inside. Our children don't. So don't, don't take it personally. It's just developmental. They're, they're funny. They're oh, funny. Yeah. They're, oh, they're yes. funny. They're, yes. they're so <laughs> funny. Like you just can't take them seriously. It's just, they're actually quite exquisite, you know, and, and if you wanted to study emotion 
in its purest sense, you would go and find a preschooler because when they are locked into frustration, it is pure frustration. When they are locked into joy, it is pure joy. Like their giggles. Have you ever listened to a young child <laughs> oh, giggle? Yeah. The best it, sound ever. It is. It is. Every little cell in my body releases oxytocin. When I hear that, you know, the chemical, the attachment chemical, it is the most beautiful sound because it is unadulterated, pure joy. But it's also the same when it's frustration. So if you can just keep your your head about you and <laughs> and anticipate every morning that when you get up, there will be tests to your maturity along the way. Um, and just uh, try not to take them too personally. It's hard when you're in the moment or you're sleep deprived, but... Yes, I know. What role do you think the digital world has to play in our children having less compassion? I mean, we talk a lot mm -hmm. about what's happening, tablets, phones, mm -hmm. and all this world. Yeah, I think my answer to that would be, and I think you could answer this in many different ways, but I think probably to distill it to the essence, it would be that when our children are in front of screens, they're not in front of people. And to look at another person and to see how you've affected them, to have an emotional relationship with them, to have a relationship with them, to feel uh, their desire to be close to you, uh, to share your thoughts, your ideas, to play together. That's all about human emotion and human relationships. The digital world cannot replicate that. So if our children seem to be full of less feelings, then the question is, is are they in the right relationships? Because it's relationships that draw out the right feelings. The digital world, uh, from the research I've read, does not activate the limbic and emotional systems in human beings in the same way that a real life person in front of you will. Mm -hmm, makes sense. What role caring have to do with children having empathy for others? The the development of empathy is quite an uh, an interesting unfolding in a child. So caring is part of empathy, caring about another person, caring about their perspective, what something might mean for them. But empathy requires development. Usually, that occurs between the ages of five to seven. Uh, ideally with development what happens is that the child is able to go from seeing or feeling one uh, feeling and thought at a time so they're they don't just live in frustration they can feel frustration and caring together they can be afraid but also care enough to try to get involved in something and have real courage so between the ages of five to seven a child can operate out of more than one emotion which is really important for empathy Because empathy requires you to understand your worldview and your emotions and to also understand and have caring about someone else's worldview and emotions. And so it's the time and the age when all is unfolding well that you'll see the first true fruit of empathy and consideration. Uh, like a simple example, when my daughter, my eldest was five and a half, I had given them both pieces of gum, her and her four-year-old sister. And the four-year-old had spit it out, lost it, got it stuck in her hair. I don't know where it went. It went somewhere, but not in her mouth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? And so uh, she was very upset because she had lost her gum. 
Uh, and so she was crying and I said, I don't have any more gum. That's it. I'm sorry. Uh, the gum is gone. Uh, and you know, she cried and I comforted her, but I, I witnessed my five and a half year old look at her sister, then, you know, roll her eyes upward and like, kind of like considering something, look at her sister again as, you know, crying and then, uh, considering something else again and reflecting. And then she just finally resigned herself to, uh, cutting her gum in half with her teeth and putting the other half in her sister's mouth. And so they both had some. And I looked at her and I said, oh, um, I avoided uh, what is usually the knee-jerk reaction, I think, in parents, which is to praise her. And I was just more curious. And I said, oh, Hannah, um, why did you do that? Why did you give your sister half of your gum? And she looked at me like I, she's, like I was stupid, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is appropriate. Because <clears throat> to her, it would have been a very stupid question. Uh, and she looked at me and she said, because I care about my sister, mom. Obviously. Duh. Right? <laughs> and, and that was empathy. Um, not for me, but for her sister. In the sense that, you know, I could see she was in distress. I thought about it and I decided to share. She had two minds. She had two people in her head, not just her own needs. And that's where, you know, most people say, oh, my preschooler, you know, they're so self-absorbed and narcissistic. They think I got to drill that out of the young child. They're supposed to be self-absorbed. <laughs> they're not fully formed yet. It is all about them. But you will see this natural evolution if things are unfolding well in a child between the ages of five and seven, maybe a little later for a more sensitive child, uh, where the development of empathy and considerations for others that is based from a place of caring starts to show up mm. it's great to know uh, heather until seven <laughs> a few more years i a sense more. some sarcasm does it change plus or minus six months sometime every child listen i didn't make the rules this is, you gotta argue with mother nature on this one <laughs> so seriously deborah tell me when <laughs> Well, for most children, uh, you see this prefrontal integration, prefrontal cortex integration where they can hold on to more than one feeling or thought at a time between the ages of five and seven. So it's a developmental window, right, where most children will get there. But if a child has any kind of sensitivity, and we know about 15 to 20% of kids fall on this sensitivity spectrum where they have an enhanced receptivity to external stimuli, so they get more stirred up, sights, sounds, whatever it might be, um, touch, ta uh, tactile. And so the brain needs a little bit more time to wire up that extrasensory uh, signals. And so because the signals are more intense, the prefrontal cortex has to handle more intense signals. So it needs a little bit more time to wire those signals together. So you can see a delay a year, two years, up to the age of nine for prefrontal cortex integration. But um, we're not in charge of that. You know, Mother Nature nope. is. And so we just keep <laughs> doing our job. Um, you will see slow increments where a child will seem to pause. They'll reflect a little bit more. They won't react as strongly. They'll be like, you know, a little grumpy about it maybe or oh, a little bit more tempered with it. And it's a slow evolution. Um, you can see it as young as four and a half, just little glimmers of it that come. Um, but full integration uh, should be in place by, you know, anywhere between seven to nine, depending upon the temperament of the child. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Deborah. That was 
beautiful uh, mm-hmm. beautiful podcast and i know it's going to help a lot <laughs> lots of people including heather and i but. yes for sure thank you <laughs> so everyone you can find deborah on our panel of expert at parenttalk.ca but deborah where else can we find you well my website mcnamara.ca and the social media stuff facebook instagram twitter awesome everywhere Everywhere. all those links will be available on our parent uh, on our website too heather can you talk to us about the sorry plane giveaway we're gonna give away a book yes so one lucky listener is going to be getting their own sorry plane book for their little one um so all you have to do is of course find us on social media facebook or instagram and please like or comment or share the podcast and you will be entered to win your very own copy so we're excited about that Awesome. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Deborah and Heather, for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best parents we can be. Don't forget, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives as moms. (laughs) If you have a question and you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you are near us, don't forget to check out Leapfrog Gymnastics and get your $25 off your first month of classes with the promo code PARENTTALK. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you enjoyed today's episode, we're inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, huh, Heather? (laughs) Parenting can be hard, so it's important to remember to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.